Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Aggie Bow Alley Cats podcast. Where come rain, shine, or anything in between, we're here to deliver to you the Kansas State sporting news you so love. I'm Ace Edwards, right alongside Connor Balthazar. And welcome to what kind of feels like a little bit of a return to form in the weekly recap episodes, but it's kind of a, it's not weekly, but it's a preview <laughs> where we're going to talk a little bit about football and a little bit about how fall camp just started up. Then we're going to provide little mini previews for both volleyball and soccer, which are the other two fall sports that are ongoing. The winter sports will get their own little segment closer to winter and, uh, Yes, you will get to hear the women's basketball espousing of virtue once more. <laughs> it's inevitable. It's coming no matter what. But we'll just go ahead and open talking about how fall camp just opened up for the Kansas State Wildcat football team and how there have been a couple of you know hype videos generated and also a couple of uh, award you know award winners like or award watch lists handed out. Uh, Will Howard's been named to the Maxwell Award list, uh, Randon Plattner to the Patrick Minnelli, which I'm assuming is the long snapper list, and then Will Howard was also named to the watch list for the Werfel, 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 yeah, that one, <laughs> trophy, and then Phil, I believe, was set up for the, uh, it's the Horning, Horning trophy. Yep, so that's for Turner. So, you know, a, a couple of award winners there, but I don't know, Connor, you you excited about fall camp? You Did you watch the videos? Yeah, I did. Did you enjoy them? Yes, I I did. I, I can't really elaborate on them any further, I guess, <laughs> other than they were released and I did enjoy them. But, I mean, it is exciting for fall camp to begin, uh, just because it denotes how close we are. Uh, to the beginning of the season at this point, I think we're 30 days from kick. 30, yeah. Yeah, we're 30 days from kick. Uh, we're we're getting real close. And so uh, fall camp starting when that's uh, when everything ramps up around football. And uh, it's it, it just helps increase the excitement, I think, around the program. Because July just feels never-ending uh, when we think about college sports. But then the second it hits August, all of a sudden, it just feels like it's right there. Yeah. And so I'm super, super excited for uh, uh, this season now, and it's only going to continue to grow. Yeah, I agree. It was nice. The only thing I really garnered was there were some really nice throws from all the quarterbacks, and, you know, Will broke it down for one of the videos, so cool, I guess. Yeah. There's not really much to glean from fall camp other than to say it's starting and get people excited for the fact that we are 23 days away from week zero. And then 30 days away from K-State kickoff. I, for one, am very excited for Week Zero to watch all of those really bad games. <laughs> I know. I, any college football is going to be a lot of fun to watch. All uh, football and, is beautiful. Yeah. It, it's all good. So even if it's, like, Akron versus, like, Friends University, that's fine. <laughs> it's football. Yeah, I agree. But that's pretty much all we have for football. Now we can kind of quickly get into the brief previews for the two other fall sports, that being volleyball and soccer. We can sort of start with volleyball, talking about you know a couple of notable returners, which Connor, I believe you are you're probably a bit more you know qualified to talk about the notable returners here than I. But by all means, sure, yeah, uh, Aaliyah Carter. 
um, of course, is back. She had a bit of a down year last year, um, which was kind of inexplicable given her uh, first two seasons and how quality they were. Uh, so I'm looking forward to a rebound year uh, for Aaliyah Carter uh, to have a great senior season. Um, Kitty Fernholz, another big returner. Um, and then beyond that, there's uh, people like Shaylee Myers, Ava LeGrand, who was a uh, All-American in high school, Lauren Hinkle. Uh, going to be good. Sydney Bolding was really great. And then, of course, Mackenzie Morris, uh, one of the um, best uh, liberos in the entire Big 12 last year. But um, we still added a few in the portal. Um, Izzy uh, Zolzuski from uh, Oregon State. That's a Polish name, man. I can't do Polish. Yeah, it's like uh, Zolchuski. Zolchuski I think like it's Zolchuski. Yeah, something like that. Like, kind of like Juszczyk. Yeah. But... Yeah, coming in from Oregon State is a grad transfer, and then also a grad transfer from the University of Wisconsin uh, that was on the national championship team, uh, Liz Grigorski. Uh, she uh, comes in with uh, the postseason experience, uh, that national championship ring as well. Uh, so I think making that ad probably does make it clear that you know, there's a goal uh, for Jason Mansfield, the new coach. Uh, and that's make make the tournament. And uh, I, I think that should be the goal for this program. You're in, you're out, is make the tournament, especially with this awesome new facility that they have, which I cannot wait to watch a game in. Uh, but it's it's going to be interesting to see uh, what tactical changes are made this year. I'm not a I'm not super deep into the knowledge of volleyball tactics, um, but I imagine we'll see some different stuff um, and. Hopefully we'll see some improvement from everybody as well, um, a bit more unified front, uh, and maybe we'll see some newcomers make an impact as well. Yeah, I think it is interesting. You know, you, obviously you're in a transition. Like you, there is going to be a transition with a new head coach coming in. From, I believe he was an assistant at Stanford. Um, you know, it, it's going to be a transition year, and I'm not saying that as a bad thing. I'm just saying that I think probably towards the beginning of the year there will be some growing pains. Unless it's literally they're doing the exact same thing, which, well, if they're doing the exact same thing, why get a different coach? I mean, I, I, I'm i at least interested in what Mansfield is going to bring to the table. I mean, it's really a clean break for volleyball. Uh, moving on from Ahern slash Bramlage uh, to the new volleyball-specific arena, uh, getting a brand new staff, uh, bringing in... Um, some new transfers and kind of starting the turnover of the uh, volleyball team. I do think it's interesting that nobody transferred out uh, as far as I know. So Mansfield must have liked the current squad. And uh, that I'll, I'll be keeping my eye on that at least. But I'm looking forward uh, to the team this year because Mansfield was a uh, – he was an assistant at Stanford for a long time. I think he came here directly from Washington because I think he spent a little bit of time there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm I'm very excited for volleyball this year. Uh, I really want to go catch a few games in the uh, new arena because uh, I think it's going to be a much better environment than Bramlage was because Bramlage, there was just way too much space. Yeah, it was a bit cavernous in there at times, especially for volleyball games. Yeah, so I'm, I I think they're going to be a lot of fun to watch this year. Yeah, then of course you, you have a little bit of the schedule. They have three tournaments to open the season before... Big 12 play starts. You have one in Portland, Oregon. 
against Portland State, San Diego State, and Cal State Fullerton. That starts on August 25th. Then you have two unrelated games, both in Manhattan against Omaha and Nebraska. Uh, <laughs> Nebraska game will be tough. And then the... I'm sorry, the, the scheduling here, it has a the Lipscomb tournament. That's uh, going to be down in Tennessee. Down, it's probably like east. Just east. Sideways. Sideways. <laughs> Horizontal. From Horizontal, from from one would. And then, of course, the... K-State Invitational to wrap up the non-conference slate. And, of course, we'll talk about the conference slate as we get closer. But, like I said, I I agree with you, Connor. I think the expectation should be make the tournament. Because they made the tournament two years ago. Yeah, they made it two years ago. The COVID season, they were the first team out. Uh, So, I... I, it's been shown that they can do well with the roster that they have. So I, I, I would expect a tournament berth this year. I'm not saying anything about how far they should get. I just don't know. Uh, but I'm, I'm very interested in seeing uh, if we are able to go far with this roster. Uh given how uh, we, we did make the change after a pretty disappointing year last year. So uh, I, I wonder, I, a lot of this year, I guess, will be coaching staff impact because the roster is very similar. Yeah. And it wasn't like the roster was bad last year because the only major loss is uh, Elena Baca, which that is a, that's a big loss. Yeah. But I think there's enough to uh, sort of compensate for it that we picked up, but Unless you have anything else to add on volleyball, we can move on to soccer real quick. Yeah, I've got nothing more on volleyball. Awesome. <clears throat> so, the next sport we're going to talk about is the other football, and that is K-State soccer, who last year made the Big 12 tournament for the first time in the, his- the young history of the program, because it is still a very young program, and the-, the broadcasts are sure to mention that a lot and how it's not an enviable position to have a startup program in anything, but especially not soccer after it's been developed. But that's neither here nor there. In terms of the roster, it's somewhat similar. You have Aliyah Almagar at the it's coming back at uh, defender, then a bunch of other people coming back as well. I'm looking for the one goalie that you and I could not shut up about last year. Are you talking about Elena Wermeyer? Elena Wermeyer. Did she graduate? I think she did. I'm sad. <laughs> I, I don't know what to tell you, man. But, yeah, there's a, a lot of uh, key people back uh, from last year. Ada Anderson was pretty good. Aaron Morrissey was good. Uh, um, Jasmine Brown, uh, I, she was really great last year as a freshman, a true freshman of that. Uh, Kieran Singh played some last year as well. Uh, at least one of the Weichels is back. Porter List is back. Uh, so there should be a decent amount of talent returning uh, on this team. I'm not super worried about goalkeeper because, if nothing else, we've always had pretty consistent goalkeeping, if nothing else. So I, I'm, I'll worry about it if it becomes an issue, but we have generally had good goalkeepers. Uh, but I'm really interested in seeing uh, the changes with this team. They just made the Big 12 tournament for the first time ever last year. And... Uh, I, I, I think it's a little too early to project up or down for this year. 
because uh, there are a lot of freshmen, but there are a lot of returners. So it's I'm not going to sit here and like diagnose the season as being headed one direction or another, uh, just because there's probably going to be some new faces that we're going to get used to. Um, and then, of course, college soccer, they do a lot more uh, substituting than professional soccer. Uh, it's completely different in that regard. Uh, but we can uh, uh, look forward to it, um, try to get out to a soccer game or watch them. They're, all the home games, at least, are all on ESPN+. Plus. Yeah. Uh, so uh, there should be uh, some um, really nice matches to watch at one point or another. Um, but, yeah, I'm fairly excited for soccer to get started again. I'm hoping for a bit more consistency this year than we saw last year. Uh, but I guess we'll just wait and see. Yeah, I think that's probably the, the best way to think about it is more of a wait and see. In terms of the schedule, they actually play their first exhibition this Saturday or the day after this releases then play another exhibition at Arkansas that Monday. But the first game that people are actually able to watch is the Green Bay, and I believe that is the regular season opener that will be in Green Bay, Wisconsin. So, you know, probably nice enough weather, and you can watch it on ESPN+. Then traveling to Evanston to face a ranked Northwestern team. Uh, I don't believe any of these will be televised. It'll probably be radio broadcast with Brian Smaller, I would imagine. Uh, those red ones? Yeah, the ones that don't have the... Te- well, ESPN Plus. Well, those will all be ESPN Plus because they're home games. Uh, oh, yeah. That just isn't listed yet. Um, but um, I imagine the road games, if they if there are any that they don't broadcast, which would be a little surprising to me, I'd imagine that they'd still get a uh, Bryant Smaller radio broadcast or something else. I'm not 100% sure yet, but there will be ways to keep up with the soccer team. Like, listening to this podcast, we'll always be covering them. Uh, but... Yeah, they, they have a nice entrance to the season at Green Bay. Uh, Northwestern, they lost to them last year, so uh, they'll be looking for revenge. Uh, UTSA at home uh, opens up the home slate on August 24th. That's a Thursday. Then they play Creighton that following Sunday. They go at Vanderbilt, then Nebraska at home uh, following that on a Sunday again. And uh, a lot of these games are Sundays after uh, football games. Memphis at home, Oral Roberts at home, and then they start Big 12 play with Cincinnati at home. So they have a nice four-game homestand there from September 3rd through 14th. So uh, there should be plenty of good opportunities to get there. All the the games there are Thursdays or Sundays. Yeah. So if you're in town, you know, the day after a a K-State football game, you can go watch the other football. Because, you know, it's a fun team. Go support the Cats always, no matter in what endeavor it is. At least we we always make that attempt too. But last question, sort of similar to the volleyball, what are your what are your expectations? Because my expectations are make the Big Twelve tournament again and then win like maybe one or two more Big Twelve matches. Yeah, I think that's probably a healthy place to be with this team because we just squeaked into the uh, Big Twelve tournament last year, uh, so it's. I think it's still too early to even be thinking about the NCAA tournament. Like, that's honestly at the rate we're going, like, another eight years away. Um, But there has clearly been more and more talent accrued onto the roster. Um, It's just going to take more consistency 
and uh, better technical skills at various points and various positions. Um, but there's young players to be really excited about, like Jasmine Brown. Uh, but there's uh, going to be growing pains still. But I think you put it well. Um, I, I think if we can make the baseball tournament again as an eight, maybe push for a seven seed, and uh, try not to get absolutely demolished by Texas. By Texas. It's yeah. always Texas. Yeah, so if we can do that and just kind of hold our own against uh, more quality squads, then I'll be fairly pleased with how the year goes. Yeah, I- I'm, I'm sort of in that same boat where, you know, just improvement. Year-on-year improvement is all I really ask for for the soccer cats because, you know, it- it's still such a young program. Like, I, you, I don't feel like there's any sport that you can or should reasonably expect there to be instant success in if you're starting it at a division one level with the exception of if k-state started a wrestling program i think it would take two years for them to be good but that's only because there's an ungodly amount of awesome wrestlers in kansas that just can't come here right yeah which wrestling program would be awesome but i think it would just take a specific donor just fronting all of the money to start a program it'll be us i That'll be the day if Adrev gets to that point. The Aggieville Alley Cats K-State wrestling team. I'd like it. <laughs> I, I won't be holding my breath for it, but I would take it. Yep. So that's pretty much both of the fall sports covered. And since we've already covered the football portion of the preview, that pretty much wraps up the actual serious part of this episode, unless you have anything else to add. I got nothing else to add other than I'm just ready for... The non-revs to start just as much as football. Yeah, I'm ready for sports. I'm ready for sports. And now, everyone's favorite, the wacky segment of the week to cap off this admittedly somewhat shorter episode. And this is one selected by True Alley Cat Evan, because shout out Evan, always. His question, imagine each Big 12 member had their fields based on team color, like Boise State. Which field would be the best and worst i have instant answers for both if and i'll go ahead and give them since i forgot to tell you where we're doing the wacky segment this week uh a little peek behind the curtain there i might be stupid but the i think honestly what would look the worst is almost certainly ucf especially if you're going with the gold because if you look for the gold there are two options it's either going to look like dead grass or it's going to look like peak and that's the only two alternatives for that color of gold to be on a football field. And I don't think either is particularly appealing. So, I, you know, just maybe stick with the, the standard green there down in, down in Central Florida there in Orlando. I think probably the best... Okay, there, there, are, a few, there are a few that come to my mind. Iowa State, I think, would look good. K-State, I think, would look terrible. <laughs> I don't think purple field should exist. Oddly enough, the one that I think would probably be the best would be KU. It'd probably end up being KU, pardon me. Apologies for that. Uh, Our air conditioning decided to kick on, which, while I appreciate it for attempting to keep us cool, because, you know, it is a little toasty in here right now, especially with the computer running. Where I was, was I was talking about KU probably looking the best. And I'm going to say that because, I don't know, I think like that sort of lighter blue, I think it's less of a sore on the eyes than Boise State's would be. 
Plus, I think blue is an established color that is, at this point, at least borderline acceptable to put on a football field and not look disgusting. So my worst would be UCF, and my best would probably be University of Kansas. Yeah, I, I don't think you can go wrong with blue at this point, because blue is a fairly well-known field color at this point because of Boise. Um, but there are other options. Uh, for my worst, uh, I'm going to roll with Oklahoma State, uh, just because I think it's just not going to be easy to make the orange work at all. I, I have very little faith in their ability to figure that out. Um, but I'm more interested in the best option that I have, which is Baylor, given that they are already green, and their main shade of green is honestly pretty similar to uh, what turf looks like. It'll be a little different, but they would at least have a pretty seamless transition uh, from their from the normal grass color to the uh, Baylor uh, color. So I... They theirs would probably be one of the most natural looking, I'd imagine. Yeah, amongst all the options. Uh, so I'm rolling with Baylor for for my best. Yeah, I I feel like that's a pretty fair selection as well, especially because it's so close to like a natural color. You know, some people would say that's cheating. I wouldn't because it's still technically a distinct color. Yeah, it is different, but not by a lot. Um, it's it's its own green. It's kind of more of a matte green. I guess. Yeah. But it's still, uh, it does look similar, which is part of why I picked it, just because of that transition. Yeah. So thank you, Evan, for that question. And unless I'm mistaken, that wraps up this episode of the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. If you want to follow or contact the show, you can follow us on Twitter, threads, and Instagram at Aggieville Cats. If you want to contact us through email, you can email us at Aggieville at AggievilleAlleyCats at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on a more personal note, I'm at ACEdward00. I'm at Connor Baltazor, capital C, capital B. And if you made it this far, please be sure to watch the new YouTube video released on the Aggieville Alley Cats YouTube account comparing the quarterbacks of Jason Bean, Jalen Daniels, and why Andy Katelniki is a mad evil scientist, Evan Otto, it's a coordinator. I promise you it is a worthwhile video. We spent a lot of time working on it. We say you say we. It's your video. You made the video. <laughs> you were quality control. I watched it once. <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to support the show financially, again, it'll be a little bit longer. Not too much longer though. But for now, thank you all for listening to this episode of the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast. Where come rain, shine, or anything in between, we're here to deliver to you the Kansas State sporting news that you so love. Stay safe, Alley Cats.